Hey, what's up, guys? Before you listen to episode 363 of My Take Radio, I just wanted to let you guys know that I did botch it a bit by saying it was 362, both in the live show and obviously in the audio archive of the live show. So this is, in fact, episode 363 and not 362. Figured I'd let you guys know that in advance just to not mess up any numbering going forward. Enjoy the show, guys. The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 362, powered by Rageworks, broadcasting live Thursday, October 25th, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number, 347-324-3541. If this is the first time tuning in, if this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. Our MMA and wrestling editions air every Wednesday at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific. Thursday nights, we jump into gaming and entertainment. Sometimes we sprinkle a little tech in there as well. Uh, Same time, 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific. A couple of different ways you can participate in tonight's show. You can head to mtrlive.com. We have 96K video streaming via Mixler. We also have a video feed and a chat room for you to participate. The Mixler feed is 96K stereo audio, which also can be heard on your mobile device. If you download the Mixler app, you can punch in My Take Radio or Black is the New Black if you want to catch a live episode. And you'll be able to listen to the show on your mobile device. You can also listen via the call-in number I just gave, 347-324-3541. Just don't press option one to enter the caller queue, and you can listen that way, even though the call quality will not be as good. Video is being simulcast currently on YouTube. Uh, wow, can't talk today. YouTube Live, Vaughn Live, Stream Up, Restream. Uh, who else did we add in there? We added a couple of other guys in there. Ah, Twitch, of course. And we added Daily Motion earlier this week. So if you're using any of those providers, you can watch the show that way, or you can go over to mtrlive.com 
um, and you'll be able to listen to it that way. Uh, mtrlive.com is the live source for the show going forward. I mean, a lot of you guys just go to rageworks.net and hit live, but occasionally I got to throw that URL out there for people to add it to their favorites. <clears throat> huh. Slick is giving me a little uh, audio and video check. Eh, it is what it is, man. We'll just uh, press on. I know for those of you that are on Twitch and Vaughn Live, Slick is telling me that the stream is up and running. Stream up seems to be an issue, which, you know, can't be avoided. And, of course, Mixler is up and running. If you are on mtrlive.com and you don't see a, a stream via stream up, you can hit the tab and use any of the other video providers that we have in the tab. That way you can listen to the show. Well, you can watch the show unless, of course, you're using another provider. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to get into before tonight's show, some housekeeping matters. Uh, these are going to be the last shows for the month of August. Uh, yesterday, we did our MMA and wrestling, and of course, tonight, gaming and entertainment. There will not be any shows next Wednesday or Thursday. We will be back on September 7th at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific for the MMA and wrestling edition. And for gaming and entertainment, of course, you can join us that Thursday. Um, a couple of things you may have noticed that I said that it is now an 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, start for the show going forward instead of the usual 11 o'clock. Uh, a couple of factors were were part of the reason for shifting the time to 11.30, and we realized that there were more and more instances of us starting the show at 11.30 anyway, so the live shows will be at 11.30 going forward, unless, of course, we're going to have a guest that needs, you know, that forces us to start the show a little earlier, and, of course, things of that nature will be shared either on the site or via social media, as always. So definitely keep an eye out for that. If you're not following us, I will give you guys those links and destinations after the show. And, of course, they will be in the show notes for this week. Uh, a couple of other things I did want to address. The migration to switch my take radio over to the Rageworks network on iTunes should hopefully be completed by month end. That's what I've been hearing. And we're also going to definitely finalize, hopefully, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Google Play access for those of you that use any of those platforms to listen to podcasts. Obviously, you can always find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, which are our main destinations, but we are going to expand a little further. And it's not just MTR, of course. It's all the other shows on the RageWorks network, including Black is the New Black, Call Me When It's Over, and the regular season sports cast as well. All those shows can be found on those particular channels. Now, one thing a lot of people have asked is about subscribing to individual shows. Uh, in order to make it easier for us to manage, we, pu we put everything under one feed, which is why we're going to be changing things over to the RageWorks network. But you can grab an RSS feed for the show of choice, for your show of choice, and dump that into your podcatcher, and you'll be able to listen to that particular show via whatever podcatcher you choose to use. So that would be one way if you want to listen to the individual shows. I know people have asked if I'm going to do distribution to each of the other channels. Um, it, it's still kind of weighing that out only because it becomes a lot more cumbersome to manage, especially when you're talking about more than you know more than two shows. We're already at the point where we're at you know, four shows, possibly a fifth in the works, not to mention, of course, the variant issue, which 
will be our next show, which is going to be airing very soon on the RageWorks Network. So keep it locked uh, to RageWorks.net for information regarding that. We did record the first episode. We are going through the editing process. It is going to be a monthly podcast, so at least for the time being, unless things change. But as always, RageWorks.net is your destination. As for what do we have on deck for tonight, we're going to get into the gaming news of the week. We got the MPD numbers for July. I know Slick is going to join us with some news that he wants to share with us. In addition, of course, on the entertainment side, I want to address the uh, Zendaya-Mary Jane controversy that has been floating around on the internet. Um, definitely want to get into that. And also, of course, the entertainment news of the week. As always, feel free to call in if you want to participate. 347-324-3541. 347-324-3541. Or you can participate in the chat by heading to mtrlive.com. All right. With that said, let's jump into the gaming news of the week, shall we? You know, I've never realized how many how many real windows I need open when I do the show. And um, especially now that I'm using widescreen monitors, right now I have one, two, three, four, five. I have six windows open on two widescreen monitors plus a laptop to uh, handle Skype and the chat room. So uh, eight windows in total are are open across my desk. So I know some of you guys wonder, oh, you know, why does he look here or there or down there? Well, I'm trying to trying to play the octopus while doing the show at the same time. So I know some of you guys joke about that. Like, oh man, you know, he's ignoring X person. Not necessarily. It is usually just trying to make sure all the gears are working as they should. In any case, um, I did want to address that because some people have joked about that and and bust my chops about it. So I figured I would, uh, I would share in any case, let's get into the gaming news of the week. Uh, first, of course, is the big news that has been floating around regarding uh, Sony, which many of you know will be announcing something here in New York City on September 7th. The big question is, what are they announcing? Now, obviously, you know, we all want, we all are hoping for a PlayStation Neo or a PlayStation Slim, and, um, you know, it's fine. Every, everybody's, everybody's ready for that, but... I think for me personally, it's one of those things where I, um, you know, the way I see it, if you are if you are able to do that and you are able to execute that effectively, then it shouldn't be a secret anymore. And the reason I say this is because there's been leaks about the PlayStation Slim already, not to mention the Neo, the Slim in particular, and you know, Sony's kind of been in damage control mode, which I can understand, but. We're at a point where if you're going to announce it anyway, just say, hey, tune in September 7th or whatever the case may be and be done with it. I, I only say that because people, you know, they're like, oh, you know, it's, it's kind of bullshit that Sony's, you know, they're playing the denied, the, the, you know, the denial game. And I'm just like, listen, at the end of the day, what people are going to do is they're going to focus on the bigger new story. And in Sony's case, you're announcing a new slim console. Microsoft did it. It is what it is. Who cares? If it leaked, it leaked. Odds are you guys probably leaked it intentionally anyway. But in any case, it's made the rounds quite a bit. The Wall Street Journal reported on it also 
uh, going as far as to say that there's the two consoles are going to include the slim model, which of course is going to be slim and less expensive, but it's also going to be sold alongside the 4K capable PS4. Um, of course, it went on to speculate that the event on September 7th would have the big unveil. Um, they said that Sony, the journal actually reported that Sony halted production of the current model before that date, which would mean that the slim model would replace any current PlayStation 4 units currently on shelves, or they would replace any current PlayStation units once the supply is exhausted. In addition to that, obviously, this isn't the first time Sony has done this. We've seen it done with the PS2, the PS1. It's nothing new. We've, you know, we've seen it with the PS3 as well. It's, it's not a shocker, folks. In any case, Sony already had confirmed the 4K console, but they did not have anything about the slim one when they announced the 4K unit, which has been codenamed the Neo. That console will have a faster processor, support for 4K, and improved graphics. Of course, the, uh, the big VR push is in full effect, so we're going to expect to see a lot of that as well. Uh, the intention, hopefully is to cover that on September 7th. If Sony feels like throwing us a bone, then obviously keep it locked to our social media accounts for updates for that. But all eyes are focused on September 7th for some new console announcement from Sony. Right now, all signs point to two consoles, you know, but the 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 strong money is on the Neo unveil. We'll see what happens with the Slim, but in any case, much like the Xbox 3, well, let me rephrase that. Much like the Xbox One, which recently was uh, slimmed down, you know, uh, a smaller system is ne- isn't necessarily terrible. Uh, for me, as I've said before, the smaller systems are great for shelf space. I wouldn't necessarily sell or get rid of my systems because they can always be applied to work here in the studio. But nonetheless, I think that you know, slim slim isn't terrible, and I think that especially in in the Xbox in the Xbox one S category, you know, the, the two terabyte configuration and one terabyte configurations have been selling quite well. I know a lot of people have bought external hard drives for their Xbox one systems that they currently own, including yours truly. And to now see that, you know, see a system release with one and two terabyte configurations is a little annoying. Um, it's one of the reasons why I was kind of looking for a launch Xbox one S and I found out that the two terabyte configuration, at least the launch model, is very, very limited. I've seen it maybe in an occasional Target or Best Buy, but of course, the times that I do see it, no money. <laughs> so, um, you know, I may, I may wait and pick up one of the bundles that just came out. I know they just dropped the Madden bundle, and there's a Halo bundle also. Uh, I mean, the Gears bundle looks pretty badass, and. It's, I'm kind of leaning towards just toughing it out and waiting, but I, I don't really give a shit. You know, like, I like Gears. It's a great game. Do I need a console that's completely wrapped in, in Gears swag? Nah, not really, but I'll keep you guys updated with regards to that. But in any case, like I said, two consoles on the horizon from Sony. Strong money, obviously, on the Neo, but we may be seeing a slim unit as well. I did want to share an interesting story with you guys. Um... With regards to pre-orders, as many of you know, and I've mentioned it in countless episodes of MTR, I am not a fan of dealing with GameStop. Uh, usually, you know, I'm not a fan of their business practices. I'm not a fan of how how you know they market and how they just take advantage of 
of the end, you know, the, the consumer when it comes to selling back their games, especially games that you can probably get at least half price for if, you know, you're selling them back within a couple of weeks. I've never been a fan of it. I, th- I feel that their, their predatory practices usually work on, you know, young kids or people that just want to sell shit and get rid of it. But for those of us that are seasoned veteran gamers, we, you know, most times don't sell shit to GameStop unless there's some sort of a huge incentive to do so. Um, you know, I mentioned two weeks ago about how I was contemplating just uh, trading in my regular Xbox One for the One S, and they weren't even giving half price for it, which was crazy. You were, you know, you got the 150 for the system plus the extra 25 for the Connect, so 175 total. And it didn't even matter. Like I said, you know, the system's three ninety nine, at least two hundred. You know, half price to, to get people to to bite would have worked, but that that kind of turned me off to the whole thing. But aside from that, I was never a fan of the pre ordering, especially when you were forced into it. So what ended up happening was I joined Best Buy's Gamers Club, which I've talked about before. Great value, thirty bucks, two years, uh, saves you. You know, it gives you a nice little discount on any new game, any game, doesn't matter. And you end up walking out of a store with a new game for, you know, 40 bucks or so, maybe 45, depending on your area. But in any case, still, you save, you save 15 bucks, 15, 20 bucks on a game. Never a bad thing. I always wish that they would extend it to peripherals, but you take what you can get. In any case, over the last year I, that I've been purchasing games from Best Buy via the, the Gamers Club. You know, you go, you pre-order your game for your five bucks, you show up, you pick it up, that's it. So the way Best Buy usually works is when the game is released, you go to the online order section. They have all the pre-ordered titles there. You give in your receipt and you get your game and you go about your business. Without a line, the entire transaction should take maybe 10 minutes, 15 at, at most. So over the last couple of months, I've been... You know, whenever I pre-order stuff, I'm usually pre-ordering, you know, obscure titles or titles that aren't really on anyone's radar. So I pre-ordered King of Fighters 14. And sure enough, Tuesday came. I wandered into the store to pick it up. And as usual, when it comes time for me to pick up pre-orders, they either can't find the title or they got to send someone to the back or, or it's never a one, two, three affair in any case. I walk in there. I'm like, listen, I'm here to pick up King of Fighters 14. The guy takes my receipt. He scans it. There, um, the baskets where they keep all the pre-orders are in alphabetical order. And I'm looking in the in the basket for my last name. There's no game in there. The guy's like, oh, maybe they haven't put them out yet. Let me look in the back. They look in the back. Nothing. They look in the in the in the showcase with all the new titles. Nothing. Everybody's picking up Madden. I'm picking up a game that maybe a handful of people pre-ordered. In any case, you know, the guy can't find it. I'm getting more and more annoyed because I'm on my break. And as the clock winds down, I'm like, I'm like, you guys are fucking killing me. You know, every, you know, the last six months I've come here to pick up a game last year, six months to a year that I've come here to pick up a game. It's always, it's always something you can't find it. You got to look for it. It's, it's never, uh, it's never ridiculous. Never. It's never one of those things. That's a pain in the ass. I mean, uh, it's never one of those things. That's a one, two, three affair. So what ends up happening is the guy goes in the back and comes out with this. This, my friends, is the Burn to Fight Premium Edition. It is 
It includes the art book, the soundtrack, and the steel book, uh, the, the game in the steel book case, which I did an unboxing for. You'll see it on our YouTube channel. Comes out with it. He goes, listen, we couldn't find your game, but we're going to give you this one, which I just showed you, for the same price. Fuck, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'll take it, you know, whatever. So they ring me up. I pay because, you know, Google Pay, not, 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 not even carrying my wallet that much nowadays. In any case, pay, pay for my stuff. And the, the guy comes over, the, I guess he was the front desk, the front end manager, and he says, um, I think they put the sticker on the wrong one. So, cause there was a version that had the regular version. There was a, a sticker for a pickup on the regular edition of the game, but it was for someone else. And the guy was like, oh, I think they, they were supposed to put it on, on another limited edition and the regular edition was for him. So the guy was like, well, he paid already. I mean, and in my head, I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not even giving this shit back. You guys could go fuck yourselves. Like I was already agitated, but the guy, I guess he, you know, he muttered to the, to the cashier. He's like, I let him have it, you know? So I ended up getting that edition for the regular price. Just a, a frustrating experience when it came to pre-orders, only because, you know, Slick is like, stupid question, you got the email that the game was ready. Um, I don't get the email. I go, I pre-order it in the store, or they had it, they used to have a kiosk. I go, I pre-order it, they, it spits out a receipt, I go to the register, I pay, I come back Tuesday, they scan my receipt with the gun, they give me my game, and they send me on my way. That's how I do the pre-orders. Still... I'm in, I'm in Best Buy enough that I can physically do them. Not, you know, not a big deal. It was just the fact that you guys have a system, all these little baskets with last names, and the game's got to be in them. You know, it's, um, it was fucking annoying. It really was. I was like, I'm like, you guys are killing me with this shit. But um, at the end of the day, you know, I got the limited edition for the same price as the regular, and um, not terrible. In any case, uh, be on the lookout for a King of Fighters 14 review on RageWorks.net, either from myself or Slick, um, as well as the unboxing video I recorded for this, so you guys can check it out. Uh, Slick is in the queue, so let me bring him in. Mr. Slick, what's up? What's up, brother? What's going on, sir? First of all, despite the annoyance, congrats on basically getting over, because one of the downsides of being a reviewer is you know, you don't get the special editions. But yep, you get what you get. There's, there's the upside as well, but if I had to purchase it, I definitely would have got that one. Right. Um, I was just saying, because the, the, that was the reason why I asked, like I said, a stupid question. No, not stupid, because everybody course, does it differently. I, I occasionally do pre-order things as well, but I always get an email from them telling me that it's ready for pickup, and I'm not saying that they're perfect, because I've had... You know I've had plenty of issues with them. Of course. But when they get that email, when I get that email, is there. I was just saying, you know, just on the side, you might want to check, like, your account to make sure they have an email for you. Cause yeah, they when do. I pre-order, like, of course, if I do the, the store pickup or something, that's different. But if I pre-order something, I get an email, like, a day or two before, and then on the day say, you know, come get your shit. No, what ends up happening is I go in there. I pre-order, I give them my gamers club info, my email is tied to it, and that's it. And usually if there's any sort of a pre-order incentive, I get an email from Best Buy either within the within the hour or later on that evening with whatever, you know, DLC content you get from buying the game from them. You get what I'm saying? 
that's weird. They email you that they confirm your order, but not that it's available for pickup. No, not There's even. I don't get any about their in-store pre-order system. No, which, obviously. No, no, no. You, you, it's it's not even like that. I go in the store. I eat, they used to have a self-service kiosk, but now they don't. So you know, I, I find a Best Buy person. I go, listen, I want to pre-order this game. They go, they take the ticket. I pay for my pre-order and whatever other crap I buy. They give me the receipt with the SKU and and a barcode. I come in that Tuesday when the game comes out. They excuse me they scan it and there's usually a bunch of baskets on the side they grab my game and they give it to me that's it i don't get an email that the game is ready i don't get an email that the shit is out i just know that it's release date you know it's the release date i'm going in on my break to pick it up do you have it thanks that's it yeah something's broken in that in that um that chain there yeah i mean something is broken you know like i said i'm just telling you how it works me right and but, we, we we go to the same best buy so right. it should work the same for both of us yeah dude I, I the only thing like i said the only emails i get is you know i always have people i always have them when i pre-order a game email me my receipt because that way i could just pull it up on the phone if i lose the paper one which happens at least 80 percent of the time and um that's it like i said if there's some sort of a dlc code or a promo code or like when i pre-order street fighter 4 it's a good example uh street fighter 5 correction when I pre-order Street Fighter V, you know that you got access to the beta. So when the beta came out, I got they emailed me the code. They're like, hey, you know, you pre-ordered Street Fighter. Here's your beta. Here's your code to access the beta. That was it. Those are the only emails I get. Crazy. But, but the thing that frustrated me is the fact that I can understand if I was picking up some shit that everybody wanted, like Madden, which pretty much everybody was buying. But I was picking up a game that besides me and the other person who pre-ordered it and maybe a third copy there were only three copies which is stupid because you see what i'm saying even if it's not like the the most popular game in the world you should have copies to go on the shelf i think they only had the one because the guy came out he had like i said the one person i i want to say the last person's name was like bogdan or something like that because that's what it looked like on the sticker and they had the steel book then they had uh, you know, a burn to of fight. Of course, they had a steel book because right now all right. of them are steel books. Right. So they had that. They had the the burn to fight premium, and I think those were going on the shelf because they had no stickers. And then they had, a, you know, one that they gave me, and I'm like, "Is that everything you guys had for that game?" And the guy was like, "Yeah." And I'm like, uh, "Okay." So in theory, and this is where you know, just me being me. I'm like, so in theory, if you guys wouldn't have found my shit and you would have put it out and somebody would have bought it, I'd have no game. That's what you're telling me. And the guy was like, yeah, you know, it's, uh, well, you got it, though. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Like I said, I ended up getting it for the regular retail price plus the, the gamers club, you know, incentive, whatever, you know, discount. And it worked out fine, but it was just the, the aggravation. And that's why I don't like dealing with GameStop. You know, it's the, you know, like I said, all the predatory shit and just it's never a one, two, three affair. Like I wandered in there one day because, you know, they're starting to sell pops now. I'm not even in the door. And it's like, oh, you, I, we, I see you like pops. I'm like, yeah. Oh, you know, you could pre-order. I'm like, I don't want it. <laughs> Can I just look at the shelves and see what you got? Thanks. Who pre-order pops? People pre-order them oh, because... Because what's happened now is like everything else, 
It's all the gimmicks. Some stores get certain pops. Some stores get special editions. Like all the Comic-Con convention exclusives weren't available in every store. Some stores got certain guys. Other stores got other guys. And then maybe like Hot Topic would get all of them, but not even at the same time. It would be staggered. Well, that's what I mean. Unless it's a special one, who's going to pre-order You'd be so, you'd be shocked, dude. People people go, oh, I want to pre-order this one. I guess because they're so used to the you know the whole GameStop, you know they deal with them on a on a consistent basis. I mean, whatever, dude. It, you know, but it's just like fuck. I just walked. Can I can I breathe? Can I breathe for five seconds? Trust me. If I want to pre-order a pop, I would ask. Yo, can I pre-order one? Like, just let me breathe. Shit. And then it's like if I buy one, you know, you can always pre-order. Are there any game? I'm like, no. I just want to. I just want to pay. I just want to pay. And I know, you know, it's their job. They got to do it. But then it's like, if you go no, you run into the one, the one guy who wants to chastise the shit out of you. Well, you know, you got lucky. You found this one, but you know, you may not get as lucky the next time because you know you didn't pre. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I got it. Thanks. When they say shit like that, I feel like putting it back, going and getting it somewhere else, and then walking back and sort of like. I thought I couldn't get it anywhere. That else. let me tell you, I did that because I went to a Best Buy, not a Best Buy, a GameStop that's uh, in an area close to my house. And I walked in, and the guy's like, "Oh, you want to pre-order Madden?" This was when I actually played the shit, and I'm like, "Nah, I'll just come in here and buy it the game of release." And the guy goes, "I kid you not, but." How do you know we're going to have copies available that aren't reserves? I'm like, because it's Madden. Yeah, but you know, if you pre-order it, you get... I'm like, I will come in on Tuesday, you know, October, August, whatever, and pick up the game. It'll be fine. All right, guy. I'd be like, dude, you realize that EA prints more copies dude, of Madden than there are people on this earth. So, you know, my wife goes, oh, you know, you're going to go pick up the game because we were going to go to this particular... Uh, shopping center for lunch so i walk in the guy's working and he's like i'm like yeah let me get a copy of madden he's like did you pre-order it i'm like no and he's looking at me because he, he's like oh yeah you were here a couple of a weeks ago i'm like and what did i tell you i was gonna buy madden that was it i'm like here's my money and i walked out just you know what it is Jesus i I, I like i said man i i understand the retail game I did it. I worked in a comic store and a game store. I, I get it. You know, I truly, truly understand the plight of the retail employee that has to shill, you know, the discount card, the credit card, this thing, that thing, the pre-orders, you know, you got to bring up your numbers. I got it. But it, it's like, it, you know, no is no. That's it. I don't want it. I'm it's not like interested. If, if no thanks. Kojima freaking made Zone of the End is three. You pre-order that because even though it's a Dale Kojima, nobody buys that shit. Sad but true. But you that's what I mean. You don't pre-order Madden. Well, no, you pre-order Madden if you want to participate in the midnight release. You want to get access to whatever dinky shit you're gonna get. Like I under again, I understand. You're right but, about that. But it's just the whole concept of can I just pick up my shit? And if I I don't want to pre-order <laughs> nothing, I don't want. Just take my fucking money. Take it. I'm giving it to you. Just swipe my card. Dude, I got to the point where I don't even have to give a card anymore. I just take my phone and put it on top of the fucking terminal. And as soon as I hear blink, I'm paid. 
Like, you don't even need my car, dude. Like, fuck. Just give me my stuff. It's, it's, it's insane. No, because I want to, I want to give you the spiel. Well, not even the spiel, dude. Like, I don't like when I'm like being chastised, like legitimately chat. Like, you know, you could pre-order. I'm like, just give me the shit. Send me on my way. Thank you. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. The shit. Exactly. <laughs> the shit. Knee deep in the shit. Anyway, aside from my tale of woe, I did I did have a I did get an interesting email uh this week. And I was gonna put it on, on the site because it was from Sony. And it was Dear PlayStation Plus subscriber. We are writing to inform you that the cost for PlayStation Plus will be going up. Starting September twenty second, it will change to fifty nine ninety nine instead of forty nine ninety nine. And that's the twelve month tier, and then twenty four ninety nine for the three month tier. Then you know nine ninety nine is gonna stay for the monthly tier. But it's like, you know, people. I saw you know a couple people, of course, on Twitter. Yo, man, it's like if you have Xbox Live, you're already paying sixty bucks. You're already paying the shit. It's just shit costs money. And again, every month that you turn on your console and download, I don't know, two, three. Four games? What does it matter? Especially since Sony occasionally gives you a brand new game for free on the games of the month. Correct them no. That is one hundred percent correct. If you if you hit the games of the month, was it July or was it June? I think it was July. Uh you got Fury. Yep. The day it released. Yep. For free. Correct. You didn't get that if you're on Xbox Live, but you got it from PS uh, PSN. Yeah, well, I, but that's what it is. Like on Xbox Live, they gave uh, not to. Well, no, they gave um, WWE 2K16. I mean, the game's a little long in the tooth now because the other one's around the corner. But still, it's still a forty dollar game, you know, or even thirty. You're still paying getting a thirty dollar game for donut for nothing. No, and, and you're right, but that's that's what I'm saying. Um, Xbox Live may give you free games once in a while, like, but it's always something that has already been in circulation. Of course. Freaking PSN does the same thing, but at least once a year, you get a game on its launch date, something that they may have even campaigned to ask, which game do you want? Yep. And you get it on its launch date for free that month. 100%. So, if it's going up to sixty bucks, guess what? I'll be paying sixty bucks unless uh, unless I can go buy a card right now. And in December, when I need to use it, it'll still, you know, be good. Of course. Even if it even if it isn't, I can just get it right now and and use it right now, and it'll push my my um, subscription up a year. Right. Which I may just do because hell, save the ten bucks. But again, it's it's at a it's at a point where it doesn't really matter too much, you know? No, I don't agree. I agree because it's 60 bucks for a year. That's 5 bucks a month versus the 9.99 a month they charge if you do it monthly. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like like you know, people up in arms about it. It's just like, all right, man, it's $10. It's not the worst thing in the world. There's worse shit out there, you know? Let's put it this way. If you can't swing 5 bucks a month, Guess what? You you don't need to be on your PlayStation. 
That you really is, can't afford it. That is definitely you one way to look the at it. Fucking electricity to play your TV and your PlayStation. I agree with you. I do agree. I did. You know, the, when I got the email, like I said, I just laughed and all. Here's what I said when I read it. I'm like, took y'all long enough. <laughs> That's all I said. I agree. I'm also agreeing. I was shocked when it came out. Like when I was fighting against it back in the PS3 days, I I didn't even know the pricing. And then when I had to get it because of the PS4, I was like, oh, it's only fifty bucks. I still wasn't happy that I had to pay it because you know the whole time with PS3 online was free, and that that was a big thing. But Correct. it is what it is. No, I agree. So it's been like three years now. As far as if you if you only got it because you got a PS4, which I am in that category, you were you got it in the PS3 days, but it's, it's three years that it was fifty bucks. Hundred percent right. Calm down. But again, maybe, maybe bitch, if it goes to seventy, maybe, but it's it's going to sixty. It's going to the same thing as Xbox. Yeah, but even even at that price, most point, of you are paying. Even at that price point, man. You know, uh, the way I see it is, it's like, you guys are really going to be pissing vinegar about that, which is insane to me, you know? No, even at 70 bucks, is still a deal, because if you only downloaded one game for the year, wow, you paid 10 bucks for PSN, because most games cost 60. Yep. It's, it's not terrible, by any stretch. If you don't buy shit, and you just download the free games of the month, guess what? 70 bucks a deal. 100%. I definitely agree. I did want to mention, and I published this on RageWorks.net earlier this week, well, earlier today, was the announcement for an additional 29 superstars that were announced for WWE 2K17. Uh, This list of superstars was actually not a bad list of additions to the series because you had a mix of current superstars, a couple of superstars from the past, and, of course, some NXT standouts. Uh, on that list for... Before you, before you break it down, I just want to ask, is it 29 actual superstars, or we have some roster slots getting filled? I, I'm not sure yet, because from what I've seen so far, they haven't ventured into that, into that area. I heard that with Goldberg, okay. you would have WCW Goldberg and WWE Goldberg, but... It's not a dedicated slot for each. According to this list, uh, which I published on RageWorks.net, you had uh, Alberto Del Rio, the big the, uh, big cast, the big show, Bray Wyatt, Brock Lesnar, of course, because he's the cover athlete, Carmella, Chad Gable, Darren Young, Dash Wilder, DDP, Earthquake, Enzo Amore, Goldberg, Jason Jordan, JBL, Mark Henry, Paige, Razor Ramon, Rick Flair, Rusev, Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, Sasha Banks, Scott Dawson, Sheamus, The Miz, Titus O'Neil, Typhoon, and Zack Ryder. This, you know, goes with the previously announced list where it was Alicia Fox, Andre, Baron Corbin, Big E, Billy Gunn, Braun Strowman, uh, Bret Hart, British Bulldog, Cesaro and Charlotte. Daniel Bryan, Edge, Finn Balor, Hideo Itami, not even shocked. Uh, Jake Roberts, no problem there. DDT's for everyone. Kalisto, Orton, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Sin Cara, The Rock, Triple H, Tyson Kidd, Aiden English, Booker T, Flying Brian Pillman, which is awesome. Uh, Brie Bella, Jericho, 
Diego, Fernando, uh, Eric Rowan, Slater, who should be a free agent in the game. They should do that. Uh, the Usos, the Anvil, Connor and Victor, Larry Zabisco, Nikki Bella, R-Truth, Gotch, of course, Ultimate Warrior, AJ, which no-brainer, Alexa Bliss, Alundra Blaze, which is pretty cool, uh, Arn, Bam Bam, Becky Lynch, the Dudleys, Bo Dallas, the Bushwhackers, Christian, Curtis Axel, Dana Brooke, that, that, that her move set is pretty much going to be like four moves, but that's okay, uh, Dolph Ziggler, Emma, Eva Marie, who has no move set, uh, Fandango, Kofi, Lita, Macho Man, Mr. Perfect, Naomi, Natalia, Neville, Rick Rude, Rikishi, HBK, Sting, Stardust, Summer Rae, which I don't even know why, Tamina, Tatsumi Fujinami, Trish Stratus, Tyler Breeze, and Xavier Woods. It's a pretty big fucking list so far. Yeah. And not, it would be hysterical. Go ahead. If you played the game, and every time, like, like if, let's say you're, you're going, going after the Divas Championship, and every time you have to face Eve Marie, <laughs> it's an instant win because <laughs> either she has a wardrobe malfunction or. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> I would, you know what, you know what the thing is that, and I noticed this as I was reading the roster updates last year when we would get the roster list, it would say Attitude Era Stone Cold or you know, X version of The Rock. That is not the case here. So I'm curious if they're actually just going to let you swap out the character in the different incarnations for once instead of just using dedicated slots. Because think about it. This list that I just read is a combination of retirees, retired talent, legends, and active superstars and NXT roster members. And it's pretty deep already. And they're not even done. Right. I hope so as well. I mean, you know, the game the, mean, ga- the game comes out October 11th, so we got the month of September for any additional roster unveilings, and then October the game drops for PS4, Xbox One, PS3, 360, and Windows. Oh, man, why did you have to say the date so fast? I was going to try to make a joke about how you'd be able to play with them before, before you see Alberto Del Rio and Paige on oh, Raw King. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, we'll 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 see if we'll even see Alberto Del Rio again, and I'll discuss that at a later date. Um, you know, it was it's it's interesting though because you know with the release of Madden this week, I you know I saw Madden. I they actually remember how I said that it would be cool if WWE allowed you know downloadable promos, downloadable uh, commentary, etc. Yeah, you want to know what's crazy? You know that for Madden. The game will periodically update um, dialogue for the commentators, and it'll actually acknowledge like things in the game. Like they they were talking about how they watch Michael Phelps win the gold medal in the training camp for a particular team. Again, something that happened a few weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's how it should be. Yeah, dude. But think about I that. Mean, like, how the hell did EA decide? No, I'm just saying, like, how did EA come to the table with that and nobody made a bigger case out of it? And I said to myself, maybe it was because people just don't pay attention to the commentary. It's possible. I mean, I have a friend who streams 
MLB the show, MLB 16 the show. Right. And we, I mean, we're watching a game, obviously. He's playing the game, but I do listen to the commentators because they, they occasionally talk shit about the players. But it, it's also quite repetitive. You hear the same thing. Right. You might hear the same thing in one game. Right. And you may still hear that because obviously there's going to be certain lines of dialogue which will repeat. But I just found it to be a really awesome step forward. And I give EA a lot of shit. I really do. I give EA a ton of shit on numerous episodes going all the way back to our first episode. But I got to commend them because I'm like, wow, this is actually thinking ahead. Because especially when you have personalities in the in the sports booth that are that have a certain cadence, a certain style, that they add a certain level of excitement to the game. Shit like that is awesome to see, you know? Absolutely. Now, if only WWE followed suit with their games. Not only for, for commentary. See, that's, not, that's not on them. That's on freaking 2K. On 2K. You're right, but that's what I mean. Like, if 2K followed suit for WWE games with wardrobe change, you know, outfit changes, um, commentary, just shit like that. It would be awesome. Like, a good example, Finn Balor. Yes, his his body paint is usually somewhat the same, but not always the same to a T, you know? It's definitely changed since he came up Ex- from NXT. Absolutely. Damn right. Probably probably some of the best paint in the game now. But that's what it I mean. It definitely lasts longer, that's for sure. I mean, it, it lasted well in NXT, but they, it's definitely been stepped up. Well, it's funny because they actually added that into the game where, you know, the face paint is going to wear away as you as the match progresses, which is good. Again, another step in the right direction. So, for you know, there's baby steps. There's little improvements which are notable. But I was, like I said, I was impressed that EA did that because I'm like, shit, I've been clamoring for that on, on the WWE, on the game side for, for wrestling for quite some time. And EA actually knocked it out of the park, you know? Also, I mean, you're right. It's definitely a good step forward, especially since you know, if you ha- even if you have a wrestler that always wears face paint, I mean, being able to if you're modeling them the way they model them, you're not modeling them with their face paint, right? So you have the base face underneath, correct? And you put the face paint on top digitally, right? And I, and that's one of those things. Like if you look at uh, WCW staying. And then later on, Wolfpack Sting and Crow Sting, the face paint changed, and but he Sting kind of always kept a a, a, a pretty on the same on the same page paint scheme for for each of his incarnations. You know, there was very little deviation except in TNA when he was being like the Joker and really crazy looking. But aside from that, the his face paint was pretty consistent. Another good example is like Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom's face paint is about as iconic as it gets, and it pretty much stayed the same all the time. Right. And even Stardust. Maybe the colors change, but the, the design right. will stay the same. Right. And that's what I mean. Like, to add that little subtle that little subtle tweak was impressive, you know, I'm, and I mentioned it during last week's show when I was talking about some of the enhancements that they made to the gameplay. I'm like, you know what? Something like that may not be a big deal to anybody, to a lot of people. But to me, I'm like, you know, it just adds a little bit more realism to, to how the game looks. Remember back in the day that the hair used to look like, a, like it always looked real flat, like a towel. 
Yeah. And now the hair actually, you know, but 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 that's because the technology is advanced and the scanning has become better, so they're able to do more with it. I mean, the 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 one thing I've always felt that they've knocked it out of the park with is the tattoos, especially for superstars who are incredibly detailed. Like when CM Punk was in the games, you'd see pretty much every one of his tattoos. The only thing was like the Pepsi one; they would kind of change. And the Cobra one that he had, they would kind of change, obviously, because those are those are licensed, um, you know, licensed logos. But nonetheless, the the rest of the detail that was there was was very well done. Absolutely. I mean, I actually with a game like 2K, I mean 2K17, I kind of give a pass on things like here, just because you have so many different characters. And you'd be surprised how much processing power goes into flowing hair. No, I, I, I'm sure. I'm not, I'm not dismissing that. But I also feel that if you're gonna have, you know, female performers, then the hair's got to look legit. <laughs> Can't have helmet head. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have that. Unless, unless it's Bailey. Yeah. Well, the, she, she's an exception. But that's another thing too, because that's a character who wrestles. And the appearance of the hair changes as the match progresses too. You see what I mean? So eventually that'll improve as well. Maybe maybe that's where that neo processing is gonna is gonna really step it up on the PS4 look, flowing hair. I hope so because you know I'm not even talking about freaking games anymore. I love Bailey, but can they fucking do something with her hair, please? Nah, just like I saw Bailey with a freaking hair done one day. I was like, holy shit, that's Bailey. Yeah, well, it's the, it's she a, looks like a totally different person. Yeah, it's the it's the quirk, it's the quirks of the character. Off topic because that that's a Wednesday show, right? But the only thing I will say to that is that's just the quirk of the character. I always I always look at the side ponytail and think of the girl from Napoleon Dynamite, and then I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that's how I will sum that up. Uh, I, you know, that's it's fair. it seems that we got a lot of Sony announcements this week. PlayStation Now heading to PC. Along with the uh, the ability to use the Dual Shock on your your on your computer now, which is funny because it's like people have kind of been hacking that for quite some time. It's like Sony, you're a little late to the party. <laughs> I was gonna say you can already do that. Yeah, I'm like not legitimately uh, right now, you guys. But according to what they're gonna do, they are you know bringing PlayStation now to PC. Obviously, they're gonna bring all their exclusive titles to Windows PC, including Uncharted, God of War, Ratchet and Clank bunch of ps3 games it's gonna um there's a library of over 400 games no release date as of yet but they did put out system requirements including obviously windows 7 with service pack 1 8.1 or 10 uh you gotta have a minimum of a 3.5 i3 or a 3.8 amd a10 or faster um you need two gigs of more or more of ram you need a sound card usb port and a minimum of 5 megabits per second internet connection. In addition to that, they will be releasing a DualShock 4 USB wireless controller adapter, which, surprise, surprise, will allow you to use the PS4 on Mac and Windows computers, and that's going to be released in September. It'll be $24.99, and you can use it for PS Now and PS4 Remote Play. Use the, the DualShock 4 or the PS Vita. You can, yeah, but the PS4 is going to be... With with this new adapter, you can use it on Mac and Windows, and for the remote play as well. No, that, that's what I'm saying. As far as the remote play, that adapter will let you play games on PC via PS Now, either using a DualShock 4 or the PS Vita. 
Is that correct? Well, that's the thing. They 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 don't even mention the Vita in the new story that that TechCrunch had published. I I've, I I want to say yes, okay. but don't don't hold me to it. Gotcha. The other thing I did want to mention also, which is pretty big, is that Sony has now added two factor uh two level authentication to uh PlayStation, you know, PSN, which is good. So what will happen is for those of you not familiar with it, uh two-step verification will be that you log in and then it would send maybe a text message to your phone or maybe an email depending on on the service you're using in PlayStation's case they're going to send you a code and um if somebody tries to sign into your PS4 that's not you, they're going to have to uh, enter a verification code, which you would receive via text message. You can actually enable that uh, two-factor, uh, two-step verification on systems once the update is live by heading over to the settings menu and going into account management and then security and enabling two-step verification. I think um, that's re- that's a that's a really great feature to add, and it's also going to be a, a a way to just put the the kibosh on on you know PS uh, PlayStation Network hacks. For for users, I mean, obviously, there's there's ways around it, as the you know, as 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 is the case. But at least it's a step in the right direction from Sony. Gotcha. Would you use the two step well, verification? I'm, pr- I'm probably gonna look into it just because you know more security is better than less. Okay. Um, I- so you saying it's available now or with the next update? Uh, it says it, allegedly it said that the um, the the service is going to get it on the next update. I'm not uh, now they weren't specific if the next update is just a small update that unlocks the two step verification. So I would check, but um, if there's any sort of release date, obviously we'll uh, we'll post it on the site or one of us will mention it on social media. Okay. I actually, because I actually didn't get the email about PSN going up. I saw it from another friend of ours earlier this week. Yeah, I got the email. I got the email. Uh, tell you right now, as a matter of fact, just for just for shits and giggles, uh, August twenty second. Okay. So there you go. I'll double check it, but I looked a little while ago and I did not see it, and I haven't deleted anything in a little while. All right. Well, I would check just to see if you have the two factor or the two-step verification and let me know if you do. I I will check as well when I crack open King of Fighters and, um, you know, I'll see if it's there. I did want to switch gears for a second. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going with what you were saying. Go ahead. No, the, um, there's a list already for games with gold on Xbox Live. Um, of course, now with 360 games being backwards compatible on the Xbox One, you're in theory getting four four games a month now. But the games for September, they actually got some pretty solid titles. They got the original Mirror's Edge and the original Forza Horizon, which are going to be free for gold members on Xbox One and 360. And then Xbox One exclusive titles are going to be Earthlock, Festival of Magic, and Assassin's Creed Chronicles China, which are also slated to arrive in September. Not Not bad offerings in the least. I actually was... Looking forward to that Assassin's Creed Chronicles game. Um, you know, I'd heard uh, varying accounts about it, and you know, I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan, so I was like, eh, man, hopefully they'll put it out in some sort of a collection or something I can pick up, or they'll release it digitally. And sure enough, they did. So uh, 
some pretty solid titles coming your way if you are an Xbox One or Xbox 360 owner. Okay. The, um, what I I lost my thought for a second. Keep going. That's all right. Um, I got the MPD numbers, uh, the MPD titles for July. Um, big shocker. And I, and I say this, of course, with complete sarcasm. GTA 5 still in the top 10 for the month of July, followed by Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, Monster Hunter Generations, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Minecraft, NBA 2K16, Destiny the Taken King, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Now, of course, GTA 5, it's, it's noteworthy because it continues to kick ass three years after its release. In addition to that, obviously, with the release of Monster Hunter Generations and the renewed interest in Pokemon, which we talked about last week, uh, the 3DS was the top-selling console for the month of July. Speaking of Pokemon Go, I actually have to check to see if my app is updated because apparently there's some new feature where the, there's a name raider or something like that, which long-time fans will know that the name raider is part of the um the original games okay it's just a just a cool added feature it doesn't really do anything right rockstar definitely didn't do anything in the original game either <laughs> just a feature that the name raider in the original game was to allow you to change the name that you had given your pokemon or if you hadn't named it it would allow you to name it oh yeah that's all i've seen people be- put screenshots of that on on uh, Instagram and Snapchat recently, where people change the names of their of their Pokemon's, I've seen that. But the thing is, with Pokemon Go, you've been able to name and rename your Pokemon from the beginning, right? So this is just some kind of evaluative thing where supposedly they're giving you like, and actually, excuse me, I think it's actually evaluating the individual Pokemon because just like with the original game. Uh, no two Pokemon are exactly the same. Right. Gotcha. Well, I did want to say that, you know, obviously kudos to Nintendo for, for knocking, knocking it out of the park hardware-wise, but kudos to Rockstar for holding it down with GTA Five still. Actually, I want to um, jokingly curse out the people that, that are still playing GTA Five. <laughs> like... You fuckers go around, oh, we're supposing where GTA 6 is going to take place, and you're going to get this, you're going to get that. Guess what? You know why we don't, we don't know anything about fucking GTA 6 and why Rockstar might be focusing on Red Dead instead? Because 5 because is still kicking ass. still put 5 in the top 10. Yep. If it wasn't selling anything, they'd be working on 6. What they're saying is it's to the point where GTA is pretty much selling hand-in-hand with console purchases. What does that tell you? It's insane. Yep. Rockstar, Rockstar knocked it out of the park, man. And, and that's something that you, you, know, you can't ignore, you can't dispute, you can't sweep under the rug. It's, it's, it's amazing, you know, and I, and I commend them for that. I mean, it's also good to see, obviously, uh, some other, you know, Minecraft still holding it down. And that just goes to show you that... Games that are reasonably enjoyable will definitely have long shelf life. Simple as that. Okay, so I, I just updated Pokemon Go just to make sure I wasn't giving incorrect information. Okay. And 
what it is is you click on your Pokemon, you hit the the um it's the button to the furthest right. I don't know what you would call it, but it allows you to save it or transfer your Pokemon. And now there's a new feature called the Praise. Like obviously, Pokemon number one, everybody pretty much knows that you know has played the game. Is Bulbasaur. I'm looking at my Bulbasaur as combat points of 597. Okay. So this one was hatched. And I click appraise. The chick comes out. She says, hello, I'm available to analyze your Bulbasaur if you wish. If you've named it, it'll say the name that you gave. Right. Overall, your Bulbasaur is a wonder. What a breathtaking Pokemon. (laughs) I see that its best attribute is its hit points. Its stats exceeded my calculations. It's incredible. Your Bulbasaur is below average in size. This ends my analysis. Farewell. So basically, she's telling you, like, if you're the the Pokemon that you're appraising is a good choice for battling gyms or if they ever implement it, battling other trainers. Right. Which apparently my Bulbasaur is, even though I haven't evolved it yet. Hmm. Interesting. Because at the same time, my Charmeleon, she says, is not a good choice for battle. Dude, I'm so far removed. I like I said, I'm still. I, I think I'm almost at level eight now. <laughs> well, I mean, we just dude, we're just reporting the news right now. No, no, no. Uh, I know, but that's what I mean. Or, or you know, no, I get, I get what you're saying, but but you have this. This is why you know I got I got to toss it to you for this stuff because you're more entrenched. Like I turn it on when I remember. I'm like, fuck, I got to hatch this egg. That's it. That's what I'm doing. It's funny though because the um, the egg hatching system very much, very properly mirrors the original egg hatching system in the game because even though obviously you didn't have to get off your ass to do it, then you still had to move move a certain distance. Right. It's just that in the in the game you never really knew what that distance was. You had to just keep going until the shit hatched. Gotcha. Makes sense. Well, I will say, like I said, you know, the MPD numbers, we, we know that for August, it'll probably be Madden in the number one slot because, damn, were there a lot of people in there not only buying Madden, but buying bundles of the Xbox One S with Madden. I mean, that's ultimately a good thing. Yep. At the end of the day, can't knock it, you know? Not at all. As much as we give Madden shit, Hey, EA, you're doing your thing. That's it. And they are they are somewhat starting to you know yep. improve year over year instead of just giving the same shit. Correct. So giving props for that too. Correct. But the bottom line is same shit I say about the horrible state of music right now. People are buying the shit. Yep, it sells, dude. That's that's you that's can't the end get all. Mad deal. at the people that are making shit if people still buy it. Uh huh. And it reinforces what we always say, folks. Speak with your wallets. Is there anything else Absolutely. you wanted to add? Yeah, a um, couple of things. I, I the um, Like I said, Hitman had updated last week with the fourth episode. I, I played through that. So anybody who's having any trouble with that, you can always head over to our um, partner YouTube page under my name, Handel Williams, and check out those videos. All of the assassinations are there. Um, there is going to be, Hitman is going to have, this one is pretty interesting. The ninth elusive target comes out tomorrow. Okay. And if you've seen any of the videos, you see, you know, Diana Burnwood, 
gives the briefing on the, the target. And right. that's pretty, pretty, pretty much all you have to go on because you can't use insight to locate the target. Ah, you got to use tomorrow's your smarts. Target, yeah, tomorrow's target, we, we only know that it's a guy. We don't know his name. We don't know which of the locations he gonna, he's going to show up at. Right. Because apparently this guy is some kind of hacker. Mm. He has hacked the ICA system, and the advanced information that we normally get is all scrambled. Huh. Interesting. Like, some people claim to have cracked it, and it's it's not a lot of information even from what they claim they found. So I just said, fuck it, I'll see it tomorrow. Right. <clears throat> but it, it, it's just an interesting twist, because I, I said on one forum that it'd be crazy if even tomorrow the information was scrambled and we had to like access a computer terminal or something just to find out who the hell we had to go after. Right. That would be very interesting, but uh, you will see that video at some point on Rageworks tomorrow. We also, um, we streamed the game inside from play dead, play dead are the people who brought you limbo. We streamed that. Well, we tried to stream it on Tuesday, but Thanks to PlayStation, that didn't go too well because the PlayStation server crashed. Yep, I did see that. And I saw I deleted that video. We finally got to restream that in full today. Had a pretty good turnout, so thank you for everybody who watched. And this this would fall under what the fuck gaming news because a lot of people who watched their response was, what the fuck did I just see? <laughs> and... um Nice. For more information on that, you will see the review on Inside pop up sometime after this show ends. All right, and it will have the link to the the playthrough for for Inside. Also, there is a separate article on RageWorks.net with regard to that. Okay, I want to say thank you to Josh Harden from from um, Atlas PR. He hooked us up with not only King of Fighters fourteen, but <laughs> I'm going to mess up this name. Hatsune Miku Project Diva X. Ah, right. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember getting some stuff a, about that. It's a rhythm game. I'm sure you've probably heard of Hatsune Miku. The, I have. The um, completely digital pop idol from Japan. Correct. She was performing in I some event, I remember. I will not be streaming that only because, one, I think I might really suck at this game. And oh, boy. two, they actually warned me that... The because Hatsune Miku is a digital entity, you know she's not real. Right. All of her music is provided by her fans. So uh. basically, the people who own and operate Hatsune Miku own none of her music. Oh yeah, so definitely, like, definitely a you, red flag. If you put if you put a stream up on or even a let's play up on on YouTube, and you get hit with a copyright. We, we ain't helping you. That's basically what they said. Wow. We ain't helping you because we can't help you. Wow. We can't do shit because we don't own the music. Holy shit. That's pretty serious. <laughs> uh, screenshots, so dude. Like That's it. Nintendo hates shit. Well, Nintendo's, fine. N- Nintendo has softened its stance a bit with that, you know, Nintendo Creators Club crap that they do. Uh, you know, I haven't reached the point where I have to where, I, where I've had to stream anything for for Nintendo yet, but um, you know, it's it's one of those things where 
more and more people are going to stream, more and more people are going to do stuff, more and more people are going to find ways to make their streams unique to themselves. And because of that, we can expect, obviously, uh, you know, a fair share of different different issues, you know? Yeah. That goes without I, saying. Um, I reached out to, to Square Enix again, so fingers crossed that we may have some more information coming up on the site on uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, which came out this past Tuesday. Yep. I've heard good things. I did also from Ben. Yep. Um, but, you know, that doesn't help us as far as getting a review on of, it. <laughs> of course, of course. But, you know, good good feedback makes me pot, makes me enthused to play a game, you know? Especially from, from my peers. Yeah, I mean, worst, worst case scenario, I'll pick it up on Black Friday. There you go. Makes sense. Anything um, else? I'm going to see about, you know, getting some, maybe some video up of King of Fighters. I'm not too hopeful on that because I usually get my ass beat online. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. There you go. Makes sense. Maybe I'll just play against you. There you go. That'll work. And get get my ass beat. Eh, I'm a little rusty. I turned on, I turned on some, uh, some Street Fighter five and I'm like, oof, not as, not as. Not as good as I used to be. Not not complete dog shit, but definitely not not jumping online to fight anybody whose name is in kanji anytime soon. Hey, at least we don't have to worry about paying money or busting eyes grinding just to get a new character. This is true. Looking at you, Capcom. That's it. It is what it is. If you if you are a fighting fan, King of I mean um, Street Fighter Five gives you what? What is it? Twelve characters. Nah, I think I give you more. I want to say more than twelve, but I know that the thing that I that I've known, which I liked, was that the characters that you can unlock, you can just play like the uh, survival mode and you know get the fight money and then buy the characters. I who did I take out? I got Alex that way. That gives you enough for like one. No, I've played it uh, on three instances and I've gotten three characters. Okay, then maybe I'll crack it back open this weekend. Yeah, crack it back but open. Like I said, I ended up getting... King Fighter 14 gives you 48 fighters. Right. And then there's two bosses. Yep. So that's I, 50 characters. Yeah, I ended up... boxed. I ended up getting... It was Alex, I want to say, Ibuki, and one other character. So I got to turn it on because I got to unlock Jury. Bottom line, I need Jury in my life. No, you know, she was, she, the, the design that she was given in story mode looked really cool. So, so I, you know, it, it's inevitable. Her gameplay is completely different though. Oh no, I've seen it. Yeah. I, I definitely have seen, they changed up her moves. Well, you can play, you can and, use her at I mean, one point. It's a in lot the, of the same moves, but a lot of them have just changed as well. Just like they did with Cammy a little bit. Right. But you could use her at one point in the story mode. So. Because I played through oh, the story God. campaign. I, that, I think that's what really turned me off is the story mode. Yeah, it's but like you pick a character and then you're playing with five other characters. Like I didn't want to play with these characters. But it's you know what it is, man. It's a fighting game. We're not fucking getting Oscar worthy storytelling here. But it it kind of forced me to learn some of the other characters, and I ended up kind of gravitating towards uh, Rashid's character. I'm like, wow, this character is pretty dope. Maybe I'll start learning this character so it was fine you know obviously i'm not gonna go and play with zangief because obviously i fucking suck as that character but you know for story mode it was fine like i'm not gonna go and use that character but it put another character on my radar to mess around with you know it's weird because with 
with Street Fighter Four, you know, and Fight Sticks getting so popular, I actually got a lot better with Zangief. Well, that's exactly why, because you got the fucking joystick. I'm like, all right, do the 360 spin with the with the D pad. I'm like, nope, not happening. I mean, I don't give a shit. Like I said, he's not a character I ever felt like using to begin with. So, you know, I ended up using you, you know Rashid more Vega now that he's a uh, a con- you know a non charge character. Gotcha. So you know that there were a couple characters that popped up on my radar that I was like, all right, I could I could mess with this character or that character, no worries. Well, hopefully we have something. You know, you know, if things work out, we can do brawling for boobies and we can get all of this stuff going. That's right, hundred percent. We'll see what happens in October. Anything else to add? It's been a decent year for fighting games. Damn right, that's for sure. We're good. We are good, sir. All right, brother. Well, let me jump into this entertainment stuff. If you have nothing else to add, uh, I appreciate it as always. All right. I will talk to you later. You got it, brother. Peace. That was our very own Slick. Uh, his Our little conversation will effectively be the closeout for the gaming segment for this week. Let us switch gears and jump into this week's entertainment news, shall we? So I want to get the ball rolling with the very, very big news story that came out with regards to Spider-Man Homecoming uh, regarding Zendaya Coleman, who was originally cast to play a character named Michelle, which is still on paper what it appears. Uh, Everyone is saying that Michelle is just, you know, subterfuge and that Zendaya will be playing Mary Jane. So... You know, a lot of people were bent out of shape about it. Obviously, Zendaya being a a woman of color uh, definitely raised a couple of red flags. But, um, you know, there's been photos surfacing of her with red hair. She looks fine. And, um, you know, people are like, oh, you know, that's not what Mary Jane's supposed to look like. You know, all the usual shit. And the way I see it is, you know, if you're not happy with, with some casting, for whatever reason... Base it on the actor's ability more so than the actor's color. While it's very easy to complain about certain things, it's it's not the end of the world. And the reason I say this is because a, a buddy of mine made an interesting assessment. And, he, and he's African-American. He says to me, people are complaining about Zendaya playing Mary Jane because she's not quote-unquote white. But Zendaya is not exactly, you know, really dark you know which is he was like she's not she's not super black looking so it's not it's not like they like they shifted the pendulum to a very big extreme it was just you know they they went with this actress and it was funny because we were having this conversation we were talking about race and um you know especially when it comes to to characters in movies and tv shows when you watch cw's flash you know iris west is african-american hasn't taken anything away from the character at all on the contrary people watch the show and the character's color is never a topic of discussion uh primarily because the you know the the actress does such a great job but because it's just it's just inconsequential and with regards to zendaya's 
possible casting as Mary Jane. First of all, there has been no official announcement as such. And of course, people are going by the fact that Stan Lee co-signed uh, Zendaya playing Mary Jane, as did James Gunn. They said, hey, you know, if the rumor's true, it, you know, lighten the fuck up. And I, and I got to agree. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Mary Jane is a very big part of the Spider-Man narrative. Very big part. And to that point, I feel that, you know, for me at least, the, the complaints that people are, are, are using are strictly race-based. And that's what bothers me. I can understand if you weren't comfortable with the casting because, you know, she, she was a Disney, you know, she did the Disney channel, you know, shit like that. I can understand. But I just, I, I just feel that a lot of the stuff that's there is just disguised as legit racism. And it's, it's disheartening. It's, it's disheartening because people are jumping on board and they're taking the, you know, the, 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 the don't change, don't change the color, bro mentality, which bothers me because, Again, while there is a like, I'll, I'll let me re, let me backtrack a second. When Human Torch was made African American in the new Fantastic Four, people were were upset, and I I addressed that because I felt that if the character is being changed in the source material, and I'm being completely honest, if it's being changed in the source material or it exists in the source material in some incarnation, and they opt to go with that on the big screen then so be it. But changing it for the sake of changing it for, you know, for, for cheap heat, uh, you know, to use a wrestling term for just a buzz, it's just not the way to go. And that's one of the things that people have been, um, frustrated with, with Marvel in some cases, it's like, are you doing it for the sake of diversity or are you doing it for the sake of, you know, a soundbite or a new story? And, and, you know, I, I gotta be honest, you know, di- there are there is disingenuousness in Hollywood. It's it's out there. And it's we've seen it. We've seen whitewashing in in films that that should have minorities the same way that we've seen minorities misrepresented in films. It is it's it's a tale as old as time. But for people to come and make, you know, the disparaging remarks that they've made because they're concerned about a character who at the end of the day it, yes, while she is a, a big part of Spider-Man's story, it's there's more to Spider-Man than just Mary Jane. Yes, Mary Jane is a big catalyst for a lot of stuff, but so was Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy was a huge part of that. Uh, Silk in the comics, big part of that. You know, there's there's things aren't you know black and white and as clear cut as they're made out to be. On top of the fact that you're looking at a, at a character, you know, in Spider-Man you know, who lives in New York City. New York City is a melting pot of different races, different colors. And, you know, you could you you could you could have a little a little a little bit of a of leeway with that. I'm being honest. I you know, for everybody wants a white, red headed woman. Okay. But at the end of the day, does it necessarily matter all that much? Not really. For the people that are Oh, well, you know, Miles Morales should be on screen as Spider-Man. Sure, he should be at some point. But the story of Peter Parker as Spider-Man has way more meat and potatoes than Miles Morales does. I like Miles Morales' character. I think he's a dope Spider-Man. But the narrative that has been established for Peter Parker and Spider-Man has been years in the making. You can pluck out stories 
from some of the most obscure books and translate them on screen and do a good job. Miles Morales, while he was a great Spider-Man for the Ultimate Universe, is just starting to gain traction in the regular Marvel Universe now. And again, dope character. I like what they're doing with him. I like the way he approaches uh, the Spider-Man character in the books. I think it's great. I think it is awesome. But for the people that are clamoring for that, we we just finally got Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's Let's let that play out first before we start clamoring for all this other stuff. And for the people that are super vocal about, you know, Zendaya Coleman's casting, possible possible casting as Mary Jane, again, until it's confirmed by the studio and it's 100%, you know, it is it's a rumor. And like I said, if it's if it's misdirection from the studio, whatever the case may be, there's you know, to quote my, to quote what my buddy said, there's there's you know the shade that she is isn't isn't a far stretch on top of the fact that again new york city different colors different nationalities different colors simple as that but i just i was just really i was i was disgusted by by seeing people who are these quote-unquote comic purists just not only go on the diatribes that they went on but to go and automatically just just go right to the base behavior. And these are the people that, you know, I'm not racist, but you are. You know, it's like it's like you are. It's funny because and I'm going to move on from this just because it's going to touch on a lot of things that I don't want to get into because this isn't the type of show for that. As someone who has a decent number of friends, both, you know, minorities and non-minorities, and to see, you know, what the election, as a great example, has done with them, it's it's really crazy. Because the people I thought I knew, who I've had friendships with for years, um, and, you know, to see this this election come along and to see some of the stuff that these people post on social media, it just, it's crazy, you know? it's It's insane to see someone who wasn't born in this country whose ancestors may have been brought to this country or came to this country illegally uh voice support for you know a guy like donald trump who pushes a very divisive divisive agenda and it you know it was disheartening i mean i'm not i'm not gonna stop being friends with the person it's just that my opinion of the person changed because for someone whose ancestors were brought here who is not native to this country to side with a person who essentially wants, you know, everyone who's not from here, not allowed here or to be kicked out. You know what I mean? Like just, just going to those extremes, it was, it was disheartening. And like I always say, if anyone should be angered about what's been done to them in this country, it is people of Mexican descent and people that are native American or Native Americans in general. And I say this because they were here first, period. Everybody that came over, everybody that was brought over, whether your ancestors were slaves or not slaves or whatever the case may be, if you were not in this country from the beginning, and I mean from the beginning because if you look back at old, before lines were drawn to divide states, Mexico and California were, you know, you can walk right in and walk right out. That's that's how it was. And this is what I'm saying. 
you know, people, we're here talking about people should be kicked out or not kicked out or whatever the case may be. And I'll say this again, not to go too political with it, but they were here first, <laughs> you know, it's like shit. I'm, you know, I'm Puerto Rican as far as I, as, as far as my, my, my ancestry goes, I, I should, I, I've been wanting to check that, you know, at the end of the day, my ancestors were brought here. They were slaves. You know, they, they were brought here. It is what it is. Get to Tillin. And before you know it, here I am. <laughs> you know, like that's that's just how shit is. But for people to sit there and especially if you're not native, if you're not native to this country and you're jumping around wanting to throw people out, even though, you know, you met your family or your ancestors or whoever came here on a boat or whatever, it's it's just insane. And these are the same people which, again, to to bring it full circle are on social media talking about, yo, man, Mary Jane's supposed to be white with red hair. Is she really, though? Yes, that's what you've seen in the comics. But in 2016, shit is a little different. And again, it, the, the, the skin tone isn't, a, isn't that extreme. You know? Simple as that. It's the same thing when people are complaining about Nick Fury being black, even though in the, six, in the Ultimate Marvel Universe, Nick Fury was, you guessed it, black. To the point when they merged the universes, the Nick Fury from the Ultimate Universe became the son in, in the current Marvel Universe of current white guy Nick Fury, you know? And that's, that's, the stuff that, that's the stuff that really just disappoints me sometimes with what we do. You know, just doing the research and seeing some of the vitriol that people spout about the thing that we, we should all take pride in. You know, like when we were growing up, being a geek, being into comics and shit, that wasn't cool. You you know, if you weren't a jock or, you know, if, if, if you dressed differently or you weren't into the shit that most people were into, you were a nerd or a geek and it was frowned upon. Now that, you know, being a quote unquote geek is trendy, everybody wants to claim the shit for themselves. And I hate to tell you, not the case. Accept it for what it is. Shit is changing. Again, am I saying that you got to be super extreme with it like they did with Fantastic Four? No. But diversity among secondary and tertiary characters, it, it's, it's not the end of the fucking world. It's really not. If you turned around and said tomorrow that, and this is something I've mentioned before, you know, if Idris Elba was James Bond going forward, at the end of the day, it's James Bond. Is he English? Does he have an accent? That's all that matters, period. Because guess what? You go, you, you, I've seen, you know, there's people that are Irish that are dark. <laughs> they are. Or they identify as Irish. They're dark. Simple as that. Again, if you're not like Anglo-Saxon 100%, you know, Viking, then, you know, check your, check your genealogy and your family tree at the door and don't bring that shit into comics. Enjoy the fact that the movies are being made Enjoy the fact that your favorite characters are coming to the big screen and just just enjoy that period. There you go. Let me let me hop off my soapbox and jump into the other the other entertainment news of the week. On the box office side of things, Suicide Squad held on to the number one slot, earning an additional twenty point seven million dollars, bringing its total thus far to two sixty two point three. Sausage Party was number two. War Dogs was number three. Kubo and the Two Strings was number four. Ben-Hur was number five. 
Pete's Dragon was six. Bad Moms was in the number seven slot. Jason Bourne was eight. Secret Life of Pets was nine. And Florence Foster Jenkins was number 10. Uh, This weekend, there's a couple of solid movies. I actually want to see Mechanic Resurrection because I did enjoy the first one with Jason Statham. Statham. I also really got got intrigued and sucked into the trailer for Don't Breathe. Uh, If you've seen it, they showed it during Monday Night Raw and they've showed it a couple of times with Stephen Lang. And the premise is that, you know, it's a it's a uh, three kids in a, in a dead end town that are looking for a way out. One kid says we're going to rob this guy who has a bunch of money in his house. The big reveal is that the guy is blind and the kids break into the house to rob it. And the blind guy, uh, let's just say he fights back, but he has a bit of a secret. Uh, definitely the trailer did a good job of, of, of getting my attention and I may be heading to the theater this weekend to check it out. If I don't see that, I will. I may see the mechanic. But either way, keep an eye out for a review for one of those movies on RageWorks.net. Uh, no five-minute movie review this week, obviously, because I didn't get out to the movies. And there will be no uh, Gaming and Entertainment Edition next week. But uh, as I said, if we do uh, check out either one of those movies, you can find the review on RageWorks.net. In some small screen news, I was pleasantly surprised with not only the casting, but for this particular film that they want to turn into a series on Amazon. And that, my friends, is Guy Ritchie's Snatch, which, if you've seen, has a, a, you know an ensemble cast of a who's who uh, in Hollywood. And it's a, it's a very underrated but extremely enjoyable movie. Well, it looks like um, Crackle TV is going to try and adapt that to a series with uh, Harry Potter's Rupert Grint, who played Ron Weasley, uh, being one of the key characters in the film. He's going to be playing a character named Charlie Cavendish. I'm curious to see how they execute that. You know, Snatch was a very a niche film, in my opinion. Super fun. Really enjoyed it. Not sure about possibly turning it into a series this far along, but you never know. Uh, Rupert Grint really hasn't done much at least in my opinion. So I'm curious to see how he translates into, you know, the, this, this type of a world, which is a lot more, you know, in your face, you know, there's F bombs, there's cursing, there's all this stuff. Not to say that a guy who was in a Harry Potter movie can't curse or, or be involved in anything risque, but I don't know, man, Rupert Grinch just seems like such a nice guy that it's weird to see him cast in, in a series that has such, you know, such dark undertones to it but we'll see what happens it's going to be airing uh from what we've heard on crackle according to deadline and once we get some additional information we will share that with you guys another film which was based on a series of 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 foreign films is the departed which if you don't know uh the departed was based on a um a series of films called internal affairs uh, I believe Internal Affairs was a trilogy with The Departed, uh, which was originally scheduled to be three films. But now it looks like we may be getting a Departed series on Amazon. Uh, Variety is reporting that Warner Brothers TV and Plan B are developing a series based on The Departed, uh, the first in a deal with the studio for streaming services. I'm curious to see how, if they can capture the grit that they that you know Martin Scorsese brought to the big screen 
with The Departed. I felt that Internal Affairs was a solid film. If you get a chance, look it up. Um, there's there's you know definitely a lot of of similarities between Scorsese's Departed and Internal Affairs. Obviously, the the old, the the general story was similar, but um, I'm curious to see how well The Departed takes off as a as a uh, digital series, only because there were so many iconic characters in that series for you know Mark Wahlberg's character, obviously uh, DiCaprio's character, which was a big a big part of it, and of course. Uh, Matt Damon's character. I'm curious to see not only how they're going to move that story forward, but if it's going to acknowledge anything that happened in the big screen adaptation when the series airs. Uh, Once I get additional info, including casting and airing, I will share that with you guys. While I was on the subject of Idris Elba earlier, I'm actually very intrigued on a new project he's working on, uh, which is going to be a, a documentary or a film called Idris Elba Fighter which is actually going to follow the actor as he trains to become a kickboxer. Uh, The series is scheduled to air on the Discovery Channel. I'm definitely intrigued. Uh, The show is going to be comprised of three one-hour installments, and it's pretty much going to follow Elba as he trains around the world and then gets a kickboxing fight. Uh, He went on to say that it's been my lifelong ambition to fight professionally, entering the ring to further test myself as a human being is a challenge that I have been looking for and have been looking to take on for quite some time. Idris Elba Fighter will be debuting on the Discovery Channel in 2017. I'm like I said, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Idris Elba's work. Um, I think that it's it's going to be an interesting series. Like I said, it's just three one-hour episodes on the on the Discovery Channel. But uh, I personally am looking forward to it. Once I get additional info, I will share that with you guys. Got to extend a big congratulations to The Rock as Forbes released their top 10 uh, highest paid male and female actors in Hollywood. And of course, The Rock takes the number one slot for the top earning male actor dethroning. Well, let me let me rephrase that. Taking the number one slot, uh, Jackie Chan came in at number two. Matt Damon came in at number three. Johnny Depp was four. Uh, Let me rephrase that. Tom Cruise was four and Johnny Depp was five. Let me let me explain this to you. In 2015, The Rock doubled his earnings from 2015 to 2016, earning 64.5 million dollars. Which you know, for The Rock, it's it's incredible because he's been involved in so many successful projects. Obviously, the Fast and Furious series, plus a couple of other movies that he's done in between that have done fairly well. I was shocked only because Robert Downey Jr was in the number eight slot. And I thought that Robert Downey Jr. with his work in the Avengers and in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was earning some really serious coin. Um, but still, you know, it, it's a it's a huge it's a huge accomplishment for The Rock, uh, being one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. Uh it's it wasn't that long ago that we were watching The Rock wrestle as Rocky Maivia or Flex Cavana and then going on to become The Rock and become the people's champion, become one of the most, uh, you know, most recognizable superstars in in wrestling, right up there with guys like Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Except The Rock just took it from that level to an even higher level. You know, he continues to improve as an actor, uh, taking on different films, but also embracing what makes The Rock The Rock. I mean, if you watch his TV show Ballers, 
you'll understand what I'm talking about, which is tremendous. Um, you know, I've said before how great that series is, considering that it's 30 minutes and they do a lot of plot development. They have a lot of great characters and a lot of stellar chemistry uh, between the cast. And I think The Rock is a big driving force in that. And I'm I'm really happy. I'm happy to see the guy being successful. He has an incredible work ethic. Um, if you follow The Rock on social media, you know the guy's you know in the gym doing this, doing that, uh, promoting projects, working on different things, and um, you know hard work. It just it's a testament that hard work pays off. Uh, with regards to the highest paid female actresses, uh, Jennifer Lawrence was in the number one slot. Not shocked. Uh, obviously, you know with her work in The Hunger Games and being involved in a lot of really solid films throughout 2015 and 2016. Uh, it's not a shock that she took number one. Melissa McCarthy was number two, followed by Scarlett Johansson, Jennifer Aniston, Fan Bing Bing, uh, Char- Charlize Theron, Amy Adams in the number seven slot, Julia Roberts in the number eight slot, Mila Kunis, number nine, and Depika Padukone in the number 10 slot. Um, again, kudos to The Rock. Kudos to Jennifer Lawrence for uh, cracking that list for Forbes. Uh, we'll see what happens. 2016 is, um, you know, we're we're rapidly approaching the end. And we'll see what these two, you know, what The Rock and Jennifer Lawrence do for 2017. I know The Rock, we know, is going to be involved in the next Fast and Furious. We know he's going to be involved in Shazam and a couple of other projects I've heard he's going to be involved in. So, I'm thinking 2017 is going to be equally profitable for the great one, but we'll see what happens. I did want to talk about something that with the release of Captain America Civil War, which arrives on digital on September 2nd and on DVD and Blu-ray, I believe it is the 13th. A lot of people were curious about the future of Captain America at the end of Civil War, um, which if you haven't seen the movie... I'm going to get into spoiler territory, so I'm going to give you a chance to eject uh, before I, I, I discuss it. Three, two, one. All right. All bets are off. As many of you know, at the end of Civil War, Steve Rogers uh, dropped his shield, which obviously he gave to Tony Stark, so to speak, um, at the end of Civil War. And a lot of questions were raised if Steve Rogers would be Captain America anymore in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And of course, we all know Steve Rogers will at some point be Captain America once again. But as many of you may know, and if you don't, let me let me tell you that, you know, Steve Rogers has uh, cast aside the Captain America moniker before uh, due to different issues in Marvel books. Uh, he went through a period where he was known as Nomad, uh, albeit with the, one of the worst costumes ever. But still, you know, he was doing stuff as Nomad and not as Captain America. And I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that going forward because the uh, Joe Russo confirmed that Steve Rogers will not be Captain America anymore uh, in an interview he did with the Huffington Post. Uh, this obviously doesn't mean that Chris Evans is no longer going to be Captain America either. It just means that Steve Rogers has relinquished you know, the name, which... Like I said, we've seen in the comics before, and I think it's going to make for some interesting storytelling. As many of you know, at the end of Civil War, you know, the, 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 the heroes were divided, and Steve Rogers was, you know, he let Tony Stark pretty much know in a roundabout way that he was going to continue fighting the good fight, even if it meant fighting the good fight in the shadows and on the run. 
And I think that, you know, that narrative and that story can be really, it can be handled extremely well. And I think that now that there's been this acknowledgement that he will no longer be Captain America, at least for the time being, until Infinity War comes around, which I'm sure he'll suit up. I'm curious to see what they do with the character. Is he going to, you know, just be fighting crime as Steve Rogers? Or are we going to see the Nomad persona on screen, albeit obviously uh, not as, as terrible as it looked in the books? Remains to be seen, but it's cool that the directors did acknowledge that, especially, obviously, with the uh, the questions that will probably be raised if people are seeing the film for the first time when it arrives on digital and Blu-ray in September. So there you have it. Steve Rogers, no longer Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, albeit not permanently, but I'm sure for the foreseeable future. We'll see what happens. Like I said, we'll see if the Nomad persona uh, make, uh, makes an appearance in the Cinematic Universe or if if we get something totally, totally different. I will keep you guys posted as the stories develop. Last bit of news to wrap things up involves... Uh, the DC Cinematic Universe, which now appears to be moving full steam ahead with Justice League Dark. Uh, Doug Lyman, who many of you may know for his work in The Born Identity and even The Edge of Tomorrow, will be directing what's being called the Dark Universe, which obviously um, is what's going to encompass Justice League Dark, which has Zatanna, uh, Swamp Thing, John Constantine, Dead Man, Etrigan the Demon, and a couple of other characters from that dark side of the dc universe now like anything else you know the 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 bitter taste of suicide squad for many fans is definitely making people a little apprehensive but i feel that the darker side of the dc universe has some really compelling characters and some really great stories that can be delivered on screen i mean you know constantine alone which if you've seen the series from nbc and his appearances on arrow you know that Constantine's character is just a, 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 a very deep and very layered character that, w- if executed correctly, can create some, some interesting stuff on screen. So uh, it's good to see that the, that the dark universe is moving forward. Uh, Doug Lyman is a, is a pretty solid director, so I am looking forward to see where it goes. Once we get a release date for Justice League Dark, of course, I will share that with you guys. All right. That bit of DC news is the icing on the cake for the entertainment segment for this episode. And with that, I've given you guys my take on gaming and entertainment. As always, I'd love to hear yours. Feel free to reach out on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at MyTakeRadio or at Rage underscore Works. Either one of those, uh, you can reach us. And, of course, you can become a fan on Facebook. Join the RageWorks group on Facebook as well and interact with listeners and readers, as well as hosts and writers from the RageWorks team. And, of course, if you're on any other social media platforms, we're probably there as well, including Instagram, which is RageWorks. We are on Snapchat. You can find the snap code on RageWorks.net. Trying to do more stuff on that platform, just uh, you know, not enough hours in the day to tackle them all, but we're definitely going to try and do more on that platform. RageWorks is also on Pinterest and Google Plus as well. If you're on LinkedIn, RageWorks has a uh, company page if you're, if you're there and you're interested in following us that way in a professional sense. And, of course, last but not least, if you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of My Take Radio, advertising with us, or 
possibly doing work with RageWorks as a whole, you can email me rich at rageworks.net. If it's specifically for my take radio in terms of guests or any other questions for the show, you can email me mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. Archived episodes of this show and any others can be found on rageworks.net. Audio archives are available in podcast format on rageworks.net as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. A video archive of this show is available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash official RageWorks. Once again, I want to remind you guys, there will be no live shows next week. We will be off for uh, that week and the Labor Day holiday. We will be back on September 7th at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific. Please note the time change as MTR will no longer be airing at 11 p.m. Instead, now at 11.30 going forward. All right, guys. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's show. I appreciate it. I will see you guys in September. Peace. I'm rich, bitch! That's all, folks.